0: I'm Cindy McMillan, and welcome to Exploring the Seasons of Life. You're listening to Episode 76. This is a podcast about beginnings, endings, and the messy bits in between. Self-love, well-being, and mindset are at the heart of our conversations because I believe the way we feel about ourselves on the inside determines what we will create for ourselves on the outside. If this is your first time joining me, I'm especially glad you're here. I often say this is a podcast that has followed the breadcrumbs of my own interest and healing journey. Today's interview is part of a self-care series called Life in Full Bloom, Living from the Inside Out, and I'm delighted to introduce my guest today, Jillian Rothschild Scholar. Jillian is a feng shui practitioner, and she helps ambitious people who are feeling like there's something a bit off in their life, so they are unable to choose which direction to go, get clarity, and accelerate their results. She uses feng shui and other tools such as Chinese astrology and divination in her practice. These resources can be especially helpful for people who need support with their own self-cultivation, creativity, and personal growth. That is to say, living in an environment where the energy is supportive and nurturing helps us get closer to our heart's desire. Jillian, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to to connect with everybody. So I I mentioned this right before I hit the record button, that feng shui is something I've always been interested in. And you know, you, you hear like about color and there's maps and you know different things like that. So I hope our conversation today will be enlightened for people who maybe
1: are just beginning to hear about feng shui and, and how helpful that it really is. Yes, if you've never heard about feng shui before, now you're going to hear about it all the time. <laughs> After you hear <laughs> this, oh, feng shui this, oh, feng shui that, it's going to be everywhere.
0: So let's start off with what does exploring the seasons of life mean to you personally or in your business?
1: So, from a business perspective, exploring the seasons of life means to me the opportunity to grow and expand. So, from a feng shui perspective, what we're aiming to do with feng shui is increase a person's quotient of luck. And when we have luck we have opportunity. So the, the difference in the, here in the west our perspective on luck is that here we go oh you won the lottery lucky you or oh you you were walking down the road and you stepped off the road just in time and you did not get mangled by a bus that was barreling down the road and so you you lived like oh lucky you. But in the east luck is something that you accumulate and it's very much about being prepared for the right opportunity. So If you are good at the thing that you do and you're prepared and you work hard, when the opportunity comes, you're more uh, ready and more able to take it. And that is luck. So with feng shui, we're aiming to increase your quotient of good luck, raise the the vibes and the chi and the good energy and the support of nurturing energy in your environment so that you have more um, support, more opportunity, more help, um, more clarity, more good health, and, and reduce the obstacles, the challenges, the setbacks, the things that hold us back from achieving the things that we most want. Julia, I had never heard luck described like
0: that. And I love that. I You know, that, that way of viewing luck. And it's not just something, yeah, like you won the lottery, but something that you're accumulating.
1: Yes. Every now and then a client will say, can you help me win the lottery? No, that's not what feng shui is about. The lottery is about chance and mathematics. Feng shui is about, well, the definition of feng shui sort of the way that we think about it. Like if you were in an elevator and you were like, hey, what, what did you do? What's feng shui? So feng shui is the Chinese art and science of bringing harmony and balance into any environment. And when we're in an environment that is harmonious and balanced and makes us feel good, then it's just easier to achieve the things that we want in life, like well-being and abundance, good health, happiness. Sometimes for people, it's just freedom and peace of mind. Like often, I'll talk to clients as I'm going through my practice, and I'm, I'm now I'm well into my practice. And as I'm getting older, sometimes clients will just be like, "I just I just want more peace of mind <laughs> in my life, so that I can just relax." I get it. Um, the things that we want in our 20s are very different than we want in our 30s, and get very different in our 40s. And so, as we go through the seasons of life, our goals change, the things that we want evolve, and and that's okay. And we just need to adjust the feng shui accordingly so that you can get more of what you want out of life. So, can you talk about your business,
0: Feng Shui in Motion, and how you became interested in feng shui?
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I was a little bit of a weird kid. I mean, the short version is I was a little bit of a weird kid. And I was like, my first memory of being interested in anything different was sort of having a little argument with my dad because he wanted the page in the newspaper that had the crossword puzzle. And it's the same page that had the horoscope section. And I was like, no, no, I want the horoscope. And he's like, no, I want the crossword. And I was like, no, no, I want the horoscope. And that is like my first memory of being into anything that was different. And that sort of led to like, and I'm born and raised in Dayton, Ohio, like a very sort of parochial and conservative. And I mean, I'm a nice Jewish girl from Ohio, what am I doing in feng shui? And it just sort of led me to like tarot cards and herbs and anything that was different that I could get my hands on. And then when I went away to college and I started uh, living in a big city, I moved to Los Angeles and I got into Reiki and I went through a self help period. I think I read every self help book that I could get my hands on just to understand myself and my life. And along the way, I had picked up some books on feng shui and I had moved around a few times. I was actually at a company in Pennsylvania, and I thought that I was going to be at this company for a really long time. I was doing great. I had a great relationship. They, they wanted to open a new unit. So they were like, we're going to move you to Phoenix, Arizona. So I was like, okay, I'll get out of Pittsburgh, no problem. So I went to Phoenix and I bought a house. And very quickly after I got into that house, things went very wrong at that job. The Manager that came in, we did not get along. The team, they just it things just started to fall apart, and it fell apart very quickly. And I did not understand what was happening. And I, I know that there are people who are listening to this who can understand and relate to like what ha- like when it was over, I looked around and I was like, "What happened? Maybe it's the house. Like everything was going really, really well until I moved into this house. And so I hired somebody. So, I hired this woman and she became my first teacher. And I did everything that she told me to do. She gave me a list of things to do. And it felt like a little zipper, like all the energy started to zip together and it was like, and the penny dropped and everything started to come together. And I started to feel more supported. My job started going better. I started making money and my husband got excited about the money. And I got excited because I was like, oh, this is what it feels like to be supported. I knew what it felt like to not feel supported in my environment. And so then I started to understand what it did feel like to be supported. And I was like, Oh, if I can have this, anybody can have this, like, this is great. So I was just ready to study. I got it. I started reading books. I started collecting books. I found different teachers. Um, I initially started with BTB, which is black Tibetan sect feng shui, which is um, more spiritual, more intuitive. And I really felt like while that was a great foundation, I wanted deeper wisdom. I felt like there should have been more. And in fact, there was. So I, I found a classically trained practitioner teacher, and I studied for a year and a half doing private mentoring with that person. And that's really what's supposed to happen. So I really found myself on this journey of self-exploration at the beginning, which led me to this extremely deep wisdom of classical feng shui and for me, it it almost feels like coming home. My teacher said to me initially, she was like, you're really picking up this very quickly. You must have done this in another life. And I was like, okay, <laughs> sure. <laughs> I just thought I was excited to learn. But it really did feel very natural for me to, to have this part of myself that could support other people and help them with their dreams and use this amazing resource that it just feels so incredible to know that your environment supports you. Um, and that's... That's how, that's my, that's the short version of my journey.
0: <laughs> you know, but I do, I, I have heard people say that, um that they moved into a house or, and I'm thinking about somebody um, that had a house built and, but that same c- scenario started happening, you know, with, but more with her health. Yes. And so I, I, I find that very, interesting. And I do think she has
1: hired somebody to help her with her house. Yeah, absolutely. And that is absolutely something that can happen. So usually people come to feng shui for one of three things, health, wealth, or relationship issues. So with health, it can be I got into this house and I started getting all these mysterious diseases that nobody could explain. Um, I became extremely fatigued. I can't sleep. I discovered a really nasty major illness. Could be something unexplainable, um, feeling like you're not getting, you're not finding the right doctor, you're not getting the right, the right support. That can all happen. And then you get into, it could be something around wealth that could be all of a sudden, you like bleeding money. Sometimes you just feel like you're hemorrhaging money. Like you just, there's money's coming in, but it's just always going out. You can't keep it in. There's always an expense. There's always something that needs money. Um, or your business starts to not go well. Maybe you were feeling like you were really well connected at one point. You get into a house and all of a sudden your network dries up. You can't communicate with people. You're not able to relate. You can't seem to get your opportunities going. No one will listen to your pitch. Um, or you're maybe you're in a day job and you're, you can't get along with your manager. And you feel like your team isn't communicating with you and you're not able to be productive. I mean, all of these things can happen. And and on a relationship side, it's maybe you're not communicating with your spouse or your your children in a way. Maybe the it becomes very stagnant. Or maybe you're fighting all the time and it feels very. Uh, contentious, if you will. Um, Or maybe just you feel like things are irritating you all the time. Just minor things happen all the time. It seems like you're constantly running into issues. And anything else under the umbrella of the human experience can happen and make you think, I wonder if there's something else going on that is unseen that can be addressed or can, can be adjusted so that I can feel more supported. Because when you're in a bad situation, any little bit of relief feels amazing. And that's what yeah, we, ab- we try to help get you in a situation and a slipstream of better support so that you can move forward.
0: Absolutely. So, can we just like start with the basics? Now, you did talk a little bit about uh, what is feng shui, but how does it work or
1: why does it work? Well, when it's done correctly, It works because it connects to your personal energy. So in my practice with classical feng shui, what I'm doing is I'm working with the orientation of the building. I'm working with the energy of the people and I'm working with the right timing. So in the work that I do, I'm really connecting these energies in an effective way so that I can understand how to get you supported personally because your energy in a house can be very different than my energy in the same house, can be different than a, another person's energy in the house. And real estate agents know this, right? When they go out and they show homes to people, sometimes someone will walk in the house and walk in the door and they're like, nope, I, I'm not even interested in looking at this house. Because they can feel energetically that the house is not for them. They don't even really want to look anymore. That's fine. And they could go into the house with another client and the other client could be like, this is amazing. I love this house. And we know this too as... Um, as people who, who work just in, in the modern world, there's a series of grocery stores. You have choice between uh, store A and store B. Why do you choose store B? Store A is perfectly in the same place. It's in a great neighborhood, but you walk in and it just doesn't feel right. You don't like the layout. Something isn't, doesn't jive with you, but you just love store B, even though it might even be an extra mile away, but you just like the people there and you feel comfortable shopping there. And so you always go back to that place. Same with restaurants, same with your home. So, the people component is really important to, to factor in. And that's where, in my practice, the Chinese astrology piece gets, uh, gets inserted so that we can assess what a person's individual energy is based on when they're born. The orientation of the building is important. So, the feng shui of the building is determined by the facing and sitting directions of the house, what the house faces and what it sits upon, what's around it, mountains, roads, rivers, valleys. Um, all of those things are factored into the the how the energy flows to the space and how the house is oriented. So to measure that, I use what's called a lopan. It's a Chinese compass. It's beautiful. It's very elaborate. It's accurate to a half of a degree. Um, so we're using the magnetic orientation of the property, whether it's northeast or west or southwest or north. Like We're using all these different orientations on the compass to identify how the energy is flowing into the property. Then we look at the interior. So we're looking to see how does the layout and the floor plan of your home work with your energy and the orientation of the property? Because it could be that the interior layout is not so favorable for you. And maybe you're using some of your most important rooms in a, in a space that's not suitable for you. And that's part of what we're assessing in feng shui. The timing part is knowing when the right time to do things is. So for example, if you want to make a renovation or if something needs to be changed, if there's going to be a recommendation to make an adjustment to your feng shui, we want to do it at the right timing because feng shui is location, 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 and timing is everything. And when you get those together, it really brightens up and makes the the results more vibrant.
0: You know, it's interesting that you used the grocery store as an example, because I, there are several grocery stores around me, and I do go have gone into one and said, nah, I don't feel like shopping here. This isn't for me. Yep. Let me go back over
1: here to my tried and true grocery store. Yep. And restaurants too, right? You could go to the same, they all have the same food, right? Restaurants that are chained. So, but maybe one, you like the staff there, the food just tastes better there, you feel more relaxed, you feel more at ease. At this restaurant over the other one. And over time, you can see how that the chi or the energy or the vibrancy of the space starts to dissipate, right? So we've all been in an, in an area and you can see the mall start to go down, like the shops in the mall start to not be so good. And it feels like the, the people going aren't coming so much. And so then you start going to a different area of town to shop and to do things because that particular area is not so... And so this happens over time. We're, when my business is called feng shui in motion is because energy moves over time in a very predictable way. And when you can get into the good stream of energy, you can feel supported.
0: So when we're talking about energy, what are three or four ways to transform our home into like, I'm, I'm going to say sacred space, but that space where we come in and we're like, I'm home. I'm the queen of my castle, so to speak. You know, where we just feel that, yeah, we're supported. I like your words about feeling
1: supported and there's good energy. So this is not a classical feng shui recommendation, but this is something that's very common that you will hear all the time. We really do need to deal with our clutter because feng shui addresses Not cleanliness necessarily, but when we talk about dealing with clutter, we're addressing fullness versus emptiness. So there's this idea in classical feng shui that nature abhors a vacuum. And so nature will fill a space with something and you get to decide what you want that space filled with. So if your home is filled with stuff, it's going to be very difficult for the universe to bring you the things that you are looking for and aiming to achieve if there's too much stuff in the way. Um, that's one thing for us to address. Storage is actually the number one growing industry in the United States because we have so much stuff in our home that we don't have a relationship with. We have to rent a space down the street in order to put it there and we don't visit it. We don't have a relationship with it. Maybe we'll go see it once a year. It's not a need here in the United States. We also have significantly larger spaces and homes than comparatively across the world. So we have physical space and we're just filling it with stuff. And it becomes an emotional and psychological issue because then we get to a place where we feel like we are in a, a, a mental space of lack, like the universe is not going to provide. So we have to keep this thing. And what if I have to give it away? And maybe I need it someday. And it becomes a sort of psychological issue. So it's very important from a classical feng shui perspective to address clutter. And I don't mean dust. Like I live in Phoenix, Arizona, and there's dust everywhere. (laughs) I mean, I really try to keep up with the dust. But I really mean like, that there's you have a table or a bookshelf in your house. And every time you walk by it, you go, Oh, man, I really should clean that up. And I just don't want to do that right now. And there becomes a sort of energetic connection to this stuff that you don't want to deal with. And it becomes accumulates and it gets to be significant. So that was one, one thing I would suggest. The second thing I would suggest that is modern to where we live now and the the environment that we live in, there's also not classical feng shui. We need to address the fact that we are connected to more electromagnetic fields than ever before. 4G, 5G, Wi-Fi, all of these electric TVs, our cell phones, we have so much electronics and technology in our home that are actually causing disturbances. So if you're feeling fatigued, if you're feeling like you can't get a good night's sleep, even though you've heard all the tips around turning your Wi-Fi off in your router. There's just so much. And that also needs to be addressed. And so pretty regularly in my practice, I am helping my clients sort of detox their electromagnetic fields in their spaces. And I also think that the third thing that's really helpful is for people to have clear goals. So when someone calls me for feng shui and they say, just tell me what's wrong with my house, that's not helpful. I'm happy to tell you what's wrong with your house, but if you aren't aiming to get somewhere, then connecting the feng shui is not going to be satisfying to you. If you are dealing with a health issue, then let's address your health issue. And here in the United States, I usually get bigger things like, I just want my business to be better or something more blanket, like vague, like, oh, I just, I'm, you know, I just want love. I have no idea what that means. In the East, when someone calls for feng shui, it's almost always very specific. like I want my son or daughter to be able to study and focus better. I want to have a a relationship with my manager that is, that is kind and supportive and respectful. Like they're very, very specific things. And so it's, I really encourage my clients when we have a discovery session to talk about what their specific goals are, what's working, what's not working in their lives so that we can work towards something that is precise, as precise as we can, because people want to be transformed. You want to go from where you are in your life, point A to point B. And there are often multiple paths to get there. And sometimes I can see beyond what your point B is. Um, There's also this concept and this idea that what you want is coming to you, whether it has to go around the world to get to you or not. And you can decide if you want it to go around the world to get to you. And feng shui is one aspect and one resource that you can use to help control the energy of your space to bring things to you faster. So when I talk about accelerating results, that's what I mean. It can come around the world and it can take a really long time to get to you, or you can get into supportive hot spots in your home that are nurturing to you and have the opportunity for things that you want to come to you faster.
0: So Jillian, when you were talking about those three different things, which thank you so much for talking about those, when you talk about goals, and I like the way you were saying that about having a specific goal that you want addressed mm-hmm. versus these blanket um, terms or these blanket, you know,
1: help me grow my business, right? I need to know what growing your business looks like, right? Does growing your business look like increasing your revenue by 20%? Does it look like increasing your staff by four people? Does it mean having a new franchise? There needs to be something much more specific than I just want to grow my business. And if you don't know what that is, I can't manufacture that for you, right? I, I can't help you align with energy that's supportive unless we know what what your actual aim is.
0: No, I I love it. I just love that because that was what I was, as I'm thinking about that, and it was taking me a while to get that out, was that so many of us, whether it's our relationships or our business or whatever it may be, we don't have those defined goals necessarily, even though we are told over and over how important, what the smart, the smart goals are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and I, actually I was going to ask you about how feng shui could help us have a successful business, but you, but you basically said it, you have the person that's coming to you has to know what success means.
1: Yes. So one of the systems that I use in my practice that, and actually I'm teaching a class on this right now. <laughs> so I'm, this is a topic I'm super excited about. There's one system in feng shui that is very effective and there are many systems, right? So when we're working with feng shui and classical feng shui in particu- particular, particular, the answer to how you achieve what it is that you want depends on what the goal is. And when you know what it is what you're aiming to achieve, then a classical functionary practitioner can use the right formula, the right system, the right application in order to help get you there. And sometimes it's more than one system. sometimes it's also dependent on the time frame. So timing is important because if this is something that you want to do over twenty years or something that you're looking to do over the next six months, that's a very different time frame. So one of the systems that I use is called Eight Mansions. It's very simple. It's very basic. And it's very doable. And the system is non-negotiable in my practice. It is foundational. Um, The system essentially says, based on when you're born, you are assigned to four, quote, good directions and four, quote, bad directions based on what is good for your energy alignment. And when you know what those directions are, you can use them more frequently to sit and look at your computer when you're working, to watch TV, to eat dinner, to have important conversations, uh, to sleep so that the crown chakra of your head can sleep in a direction that's favorable to you. My... The lineage of my training that my teacher is, I did not meet this person because he passed away before I got into it. What I understand he said is you can change someone's fortune by giving them a good direction to sleep in. Does that mean that they're going to have millions of dollars fall out of the sky? No, but maybe by giving a person a good sleeping direction, they can encounter somebody who can offer them a job or can give them an opportunity to, to change their life in some way. So there are some really powerful resources that are available and easy to apply they're not always convenient but if you're in a dire situation you get to decide how important it is for you to get out of it and sometimes when when things are tough you just have to stop the bleeding like if things have been bad for a really long time it's like digging a hole you've been digging 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 you just have to stop the digging before you can get out of that hole and then once the bleeding has stopped when you're out of the hole then you can change your direction and that's part of what i do you could be having a home office in a room in your home that is not supported for you. And you're wondering why your business is not coming together. Well, maybe that's not the best room for you. And maybe you have another spot in your house that is more favorable. And maybe maybe you don't. Maybe you're like, well, I've only got this one room. Or you're like, my kid's in the other room and I sleep in this room. Well, you have to decide if you want your kids sleeping in a room that is best for your business or if you want to be in that room. And then you sort of take it like medicine, right? You just go, well, this is going to help me feel better, be better, have more opportunity. Let's let's try this if you will. Often I'll say to clients like just try it for 90 days and you know before you say it's not going to work. And so you take it like medicine and see the results and then when you start to feel like you're you're getting better and you're doing better, then you can make more decisions with clarity because when you're feeling like you're unstable, you're not getting support, it's very hard to think clearly. So You said that um, workshop is
0: going on now. Is that something that you do throughout the year or once a year, twice a year?
1: Yeah, I've been teaching. I've been teaching for a while now, actually. And for me, the pandemic was a blessing because I didn't have to rent a space. (laughs) I was like, awesome, I can teach online. So, actually, I teach Chinese astrology. I have a class coming up in the fall for Chinese astrology. This particular class that I'm giving right now is called Learn Feng Shui Secrets How Feng Shui Really Works, so that people who are new to feng shui and want to understand how it really works can get some understanding about what, what feng shui is, what it's not, how to incorporate it for your own personal energy. Um, So it's great for people who are interested in business and growing their business. It could be someone who's a stager or an interior designer or a real estate agent or someone who is in any other kind of healing profession and wants to also increase some of the tools and the resources they have. Like maybe you're an acupuncturist or maybe you're a naturopath or, Maybe you have another superpower and you're doing something else with your business. Maybe you're a graphic designer. Maybe you are doing something that is more concrete and you want your business to grow. And anybody can use feng shui for everybody. <laughs> it's, for me, it's like breathing and oxygen. Like It's something that we need in order to be our best.
0: Yeah, I can absolutely hear and see your energy all around as you're talking about feng shui. I mean, you're just, and for the people who um, are listening, um, Jillian and I can see each other, even though this is not a YouTube video or anything, but I can just see you lighten up
1: as you're talking about it and, and everything. Yeah. I'm passionate what, about it. What can I say? I was I was in college admissions for 20 years as I was learning feng shui. So I was in the corporate world for a really long time. And I thought that I was going to stay there. Um, I really thought that what I was going to be doing in feng shui was going to be like a hobby. I didn't think that I was going to make this my full time heart and soul of what I want to do with my life. And So I I opened my practice. I started practicing. I started consulting. I I train on advanced stuff all the time because this wisdom is so deep, and the what we're doing in the modern world is really evolving. That we as practitioners we share information with each other. We're constantly learning, and I'm bringing those resources to my clients. And as luck would have it, even though I saw this coming down the pipeline, like I got laid off. I was going to stay in that job. I made a lot of money in that job. I and I did very very well, Um, and I was super happy. For a little bit <laughs> until I wasn't, and I got into feng shui, and then I was like, I want to do that, but I was gonna stay. I was like golden handcuffs. I was totally gonna stay. And then the whole building got laid off. It wasn't like I was the only one. The whole, God bless all those people that had to lose their jobs so that I could go do what I wanted to do. But everyone was crying like the day that we got laid off. People were really, you know, legitimately. Some of them were very upset, and I was like, it's my day. I'm free. I get to go do my business. I was so excited. <laughs> Didn't
0: look so. Up. Let me. Let me just ask you this. What is the biggest surprise you've had in the last few
1: months and why? Oh, man. The biggest surprise I've had in the last few months is how how much humanity there is in the world. the The amazingly beautiful stories of how people support each other. We are never going to see in our lifetime this kind of energy again. So in the Chinese calendar, energy moves on a 60-year cycle. So we can actually look back on 1961 and we can see all of the things that happened in 1961 as a little bit of a clue about the kind of energy that we could expect in this year. Actually, if you look back at 1961, like space exploration was a huge deal in 1961. And we're seeing that on massive scale, right? Missions to Mars and people going to space and that's an indicator of the kind of energy that we can expect for the year. And also when you look back in history, so many beautiful things came through community and connection around that time. And I'm really gratified and I feel great sense of hope (laughs) that that kind of compassion is re-emerging because I feel like people need so much kindness right now.
0: Yeah, that's, that's beautiful. And I
1: didn't know that in the, um, it's Chinese astrology, you said, right? Well, w- that's one aspect of it. The foundation of it is the Chinese calendar, right? So the, oh, Chinese, the Chinese calendar. Yep, it's a okay. solar calendar, and it runs on specific cycles. And one of the cycles is a sixty-year cycle. Yeah, because I've heard about the seven-year
0: cycles. I, I don't know if that's a thing, but I've you know not in not in feng shui, but I hear people talk about every seven years, you know, there's a cycle.
1: Yeah, so there's a cycle of like every five, 7 years they say your body regenerates itself. So in Chinese astrology, one of the cycles is 60 years. Another cycle is every 10 years. So in Chinese astrology when I'm looking at someone's chart, I can see timing of of things that happen in someone's life based on a 10-year increment. So maybe something happened to you when you were 5 or 6. And then Something significant happens again to you when you're 15 or 16, and then 25 and 26, and then 35 and 36. And so there's 10 year markers in your life where usually something happens. It doesn't always have to be bad, but it could be could be that your parents got divorced. It could be that you had a brother or sister born. It could be that you moved to a new house as a, a small child. And then when you're 16, maybe your heart got broken, or maybe your best friend died in a car crash, or maybe your sister got married. And then when you get into your 20s, maybe it's, oh, I moved to like this big city and I got this amazing job and I found the love of my life. And for the next 10 years, everything just feels amazing. So those are sort of markers that happen in your life. And year to year, that energy shifts. So the reason I talk to people about Chinese astrology on a yearly basis is because we want to get an idea of what might be happening through the year so that you can be prepared. So just as an example, we're currently in the year of the ox, Uh, And this current month that we're having this conversation in is the month of the goat. And those are clash animals. So for some people, the animal sign of the goat is also a nobleman. So it can be that people are getting a lot of extra help and a lot of extra support, even though they're having challenges. Um, And that's great. And we want to know that so that if someone's coming into a time period where we can anticipate some challenges, or when I say challenges, it doesn't have to be a bad thing. It can just be that something that triggers your growth, right? That's not always a bad thing that you grow. If we're not growing, then we're dead. So that's okay that we're growing and you can get help. And for some people, this year is just amazing. The energy alignment is just that their, their money is coming in, their business is doing well, they're feeling really supported, they're having a great year. And we want to know that year to year as, we, as the energy changes.
0: Out of curiosity, when you're um, working
1: with somebody, you need their birth date. Do you also need their birth time? Yes. So time and location, actually. So Chinese astrology is uh, often called the four pillars of destiny. And the reason they're called four pillars is because we have a year, a month, a day and an hour of our birth. And the Chinese clock is a two hour increment. So it's like seven to nine or nine to 11. So when we say hour, we mean that two hour increment that goes in a 24 hour clock. And that information is like a date and time stamp. You cannot crawl back in your mother's womb and be born at a different time. So this is part of your luck quotient. This is the energy that you're born with. And when we know what that looks like, we can get some idea of what your opportunities are in life. You can learn a lot. It's wonderful to actually learn about your own chart because you can get some ideas about your talents and gifts. You can get some information about your skills and the things that you're really good at, the timing in your life to do important things like get married or have a child or build your own business or write a book or anticipate the potential. and not saying this is going to happen, but the potential of dealing with a, a health issue or disease so that you can prepare for it. You can spend the 10 years before that eating healthy, taking care of yourself, making sure that you're doing really, really well so that should something happen, you're prepared. And some of that is the feng shui too. So it's not just your, your, um, what you're destined, right? It's not just about what your destiny is or sort of that component of it. It's also the choices that you make in the environment that you're in. So with Feng Shui, we say that there are three lucks. There's heaven luck, human luck, and earth luck. Heaven luck is not something that we can control, right? This is when you're born, your energy stamp, you just can't the family you're born into, your parents, your siblings, you don't have a choice. Then as you go through your life, you do have choice. You have free will, you could choose where you live, the kind of job you do the people that you connect with, where you live in in the world. And then the earth component is your feng shui. So do you have good feng shui? Is your feng shui mediocre? Are you in an environment that's not supportive to you? And so between your free will and your environment, you really do have the ability to control about, I don't know, 60% or so of the things that are going on in your life. And that is very gratifying (laughs) to know that you
0: have a little bit of control. Oh, absolutely. Now, can you work with somebody that does not
1: know their birth time? Yes. So it's the four pillars of destiny, right? So if someone does not know their birth time, there are a couple things that we can do. One is, we can use divination to, to understand what there's there are multiple divination systems. And one of the divination systems that I use is called Chimendunja. Dunja. And if someone knows exactly the year, day and month that they're born, we be, we can often go through the Chimanduon jaw charts and assess pretty closely based on the events of someone's life when the hour is more likely to be. So often in people who are born in other countries, the timing is not so accurate. Um, maybe they're born in a rural area, and the nurse got busy and they were like, "Oh, I think the baby was born at 953, but really the baby was you know born a couple hours before, and they just didn't remember the time or, or it's not part of their culture to write that down so specifically. So there certainly is the possibility that someone can have a chart read without knowing a time. And that's also only 25% of the chart. We can do quite a bit with only knowing three out of the four pillars. Even if somebody doesn't want to go to the, the lengths of having a, a, a more in-depth reading to try to assess the right hour, um, that's okay. We can do quite a bit without it. If, if The more accurate we can be, the better. But if you don't have it, it's not the end of the world.
0: Yeah. Cause I ordered my birth certificate and I'm, I was born in Florida and I ordered mm-hmm. my birth certificate and it did not have the time on it. Yeah. And apparently there was a, a span of years. Apparently mine was one of those years where they did not keep the time. And I yep. was so
1: disappointed, you know? Yeah. Then you have to start calling family members. Like, do you, do you know around, around the time that I was born? Like, did you have breakfast? Like, had you heard about it? Was it dinner time when you heard that I was born? Like, did you hear about it right away? And then you start to get an assessment. It's like, I actually have a colleague who's born in Europe and she, we kind of went through this with her and she had to call her mom who was not in the best of health and say like, do you kind of remember when I was born? And, and all her mom gave her was, I remember after you were born, I got to have dinner. And so that actually gave us some help because we knew it wasn't, first thing in the morning. We knew it wasn't late at night. And so that did narrow it down. And then we had a few charts to look at. And based on what was going on in her life, she'd emigrated from a foreign country. She'd gone to school at a specific time. She got married at a specific time. Then we could really look at the Chimendunja chart and overlay it and go, oh, then this must be the hour because these are your talents. These are your gifts. These are the things that are highlighted in your chart that make you who you are. And it really fits. And you can do this with famous people. It's really interesting to look at famous people's charts because their lives are very public. Like we see very clearly all the things that happen to famous people. And so you can really, it's really interesting to look at their charts. It's fun. I am loving this
0: conversation (laughs) so much. (laughs) So what would you tell your 18 year old self about the season of life you're living in right
1: now? I don't, when I was 18, I don't know that I thought I was going to make it to this age. I don't. I just didn't have a real understanding of what aging was about at that point. And I felt extremely insecure. And so if there was maybe one thing that I could say to myself at that age is like, you're okay. It's okay. Just go with the flow. You're going to be fine. I don't even know if I would have believed myself if I had said that to myself at <laughs> that point. I don't know if anybody had told me that I would have believed it. Um, because I was feeling very insecure at that point in my life, um, but that may be the one thing that I would say. I don't. I wouldn't want anything to change. I feel like everything that has happened in my life has happened for a reason. I need to experience the things that I experienced, and they they bring me all of the information that I need to be the practitioner that I am today, the person I am today. And some of those even painful experiences I've been, I feel gratitude for. So it's okay. You're going to be fine. Just keep breathing. <laughs>
0: But Jillian and I love that because at 18, I think we all needed to hear we were everything was okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sometimes when when you're really upset and someone's like everything's going to be okay, you just start sobbing and you're like, it's not going to be okay. Oh, how is it ever going to be okay again? When you're really in the ugly cry, and I think that happens a lot to like hormonal teenagers, right? Like, how is it going to be okay? How can you say it's possibly going to be okay? Yeah. So I don't know that I would have believed them, but that's all right. I'd still like to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> so can you tell our listeners your
0: website,
1: how to how to work with you, your social media, how to connect with you? Sure. Uh, so my business is Feng Shui in Motion. The website is F-S for Feng Shui, F-S in motion.com. I'm on Instagram, Feng Shui in Motion, uh, Facebook, and LinkedIn. The one of the fastest way to get to know me is to sign up for my newsletter. So I do offer a complimentary newsletter. It goes out usually twice a month, and I give some indications of the energy of the month, so you can get an idea of what kind of energy we're walking into month to month. At the beginning of the month, I do talk about some of the resources in feng shui, the tools that I use. Um, I talk a little bit about seasons, the energy of the season. Sometimes I talk about nutrition and food and. Um, case studies and uh, whatever I feel like I want to put in the newsletter. So I find, and I really encourage people to get to know practitioners and get to understand them to make sure they feel like the practitioner is a good fit. Certainly someone can call for a consultation. And when someone calls um, the first thing that we do is I request a discovery session. So we do spend a fair amount of time just chit chatting and getting to know you and what's working, what's not so that we can assess which service is the best service based on what it is that you've got going on and what you need. Sometimes it's feng shui, sometimes it's astrology reading, sometimes it's a personal calendar so that you can do things at the right time. It just depends on what, what you need. And so with a discovery session, we can really talk about making a recommendation that's a good fit for you. So it really becomes a tailored experience just like you would go to a doctor if you're feeling like ill and you have a health issue, you don't want your doctor to give you the same universal plan to everybody. You would want your doctor to get to know you and find out what's going on and give you a, a plan to, a, to move forward that is tailored to you. And that's the way I treat all my clients.
0: Oh, I love it. Everybody reach out to Jillian. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank, thank you so much for being a guest. I really do appreciate it.
1: Yes, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Leaving a rating and review helps to improve rankings in iTunes. It shows engagement, which may attract sponsors, and it is essential for the podcast to be discovered by new listeners. Plus, it would mean the world to me. Thanks again. Until next time, live inspired.